Welcome to Aging in Style with me, Lori Williams. I'm an optimist by nature, and I believe you can follow your dreams at any age. My grandmother's journey with dementia ignited a passion in me to work with seniors. I've spent the past 13 years learning about seniors and aging. In my mid-50s, I followed my own dream and founded my company, where I use my expertise to help seniors locate housing and resources. On this podcast, we cover all aspects of aging. Join us each week to meet senior living experts and inspirational seniors who are following their dreams. The fact is, we're all aging, so why not do it in style? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking about COVID and its effect on our mental health. You know, it's caused for all of us, not just seniors, but for every one of us, no matter our age, um, it has definitely affected our mental well-being. And I've brought on a um, expert to talk to us about that. So today, our guest is Heidi McBain, and she's the owner of Mental Wellness for Moms. And Heidi has a master's in marriage and family therapy from the University of San Diego. And her private practice focuses on counseling moms during pregnancy postpartum and through motherhood. So most of us are past that, but that's okay because she has a lot of really great information that just covers across all age groups. Heidi has been married for almost 19 years. She has two kids, one teen and one preteen and one geriatric chocolate lab that still acts like a puppy. (laughs) So welcome, Heidi. I'm so glad you're here and looking forward to talking to you and how we can, you know, maybe come up with some ideas to help people through this time. Hi, Lori. Thanks so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Sure. So let's kind of jump into what are you seeing of the effects of COVID and the isolation and everything? What are you seeing the effects on mental health? Sure. So as far as mental health, I am seeing a lot of heightened anxiety right now across the board. Also, um, a lot more people presenting with depression symptoms, um, so Mm -hmm. also heightened and across the board. And then um, a third one is a lot of people presenting with grief symptoms, but they don't always know it's grief. And that's been a really interesting one is trying to help people name that what you're actually feeling is grief right now because there are a lot of things that have disappeared in your life and that you're just used to having. And so, mm-hmm. you know, grief is on this continuum where it can be, you know, some of the lighter stuff and then it can be the really heavy stuff too. And I think for most of us, the, the heavier stuff we can very easily name as grief, loss of a loved one, um, you know, something like that. But the things on the the other end that are maybe, you know, loss of your vacations or loss of seeing your friends or loss of connecting with people in the workplace or loss of seeing your family during this time, um, especially, you know, extended family, that those are some things, you know, that a lot of us take for granted that we're just going to go grab coffee with a friend or we're going to go, you know, visit our aging parents. And those are the things that just aren't possible right now for most of us across the board. I think that's really interesting that you said grief, because I hadn't even thought of some of these things as grief. But and and this is, you know, like a, a smaller thing. But my daughter, the other day, we were watching TV, and she's like, huh, 
remember when we could go and be around people and didn't have to wear masks. And, you know, I, I think that's probably a grief right there. And I didn't even put Absolutely. a, you know, a, a, a label to it. But yeah, it's life is completely upside down right now. Absolutely. And I think, you know, what I'm seeing in my practice is a lot of people are presenting with depression symptoms. But if we actually get to the heart of it, they're actually grieving something. And so not for everybody. I mean, sometimes people really do mm-hmm. present and, you know, they, they truly are depressed. But for a lot of people, especially, you know, the, the lucky ones that haven't experienced some of the, these really hard grief transitions in life, they don't have the words to put to it. And so, you know, even what you're just presenting, like with your daughter, you know, that, that this is a type of grief that even our children are experiencing. And so if we can help them put words to it, it can help really navigate this hard time in, in a different way that also helps us all kind of collectively come together that we're all grieving these, these things at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Um, so what are some some tips, I guess, if, you know, for people, and, and I know, like you said, we're kind of all in this continuum. Some people are at the point where they never leave, they haven't left their house since March. I know some people like mm-hmm. that because they're so fearful. And then you have some people who believe it's all not even real, <laughs> and the anti-maskers. And then you have everyone, like you said, that kind of fall in the middle. But what, um, what kind of advice are you giving people? And I'm guessing probably mostly the people that are in the middle. Right. Yeah, I would say, you know, we, we tend to hear more about the people in the extremes, like in the media and, you know, social media, that's kind of where you're seeing that. But most of us do tend to fall in the middle somewhere where we're really having to check in with ourselves to figure out what works for us, given what's, what's going on outside. And so I think, you know, a lot of us are more conservative and then some people aren't. Um, but it's within this continuum, what actually works for you, and then what actually works for your family, and then you kind of move outward for there, from there. So, you know, as far as in, um, in starting, um, I usually look at, at self-care first, and starting at the kind of the basics, you know, what what does your eating look like? What does your sleep look like? Are you staying hydrated? Are you getting some movement in your life? Are you able to go outside and breathe in some fresh air? And, you know, kind of checking in with people just to see, you know, are, are these basic pieces being taken care of? Because sometimes, you know, your sleep is off. And so we need to figure out some ways to get sleep back on. Um, or you're forgetting to drink water because you normally drink water all day long at work. But now that you're working from home, things just feel different. Um, you know, I, I think it definitely our family was like this at the beginning. You know, you're home and it sort of feels like you're on vacation, but you're not really and you're working from home. And so, you know, we were having a lot of vacation food and eating a lot of treats. And I'd say after that first month, none of us felt very good. And so, you know, we just collectively, you know, made the shift to eating better. And then movement's a big one, too. I mean, I think even people that are used to getting out and going shopping or seeing people or going for walks or, you know, walking from the car to, um, 
the, their workplace, that there mm -hmm. tends to be, you know, just a lot more movement in life. And so if you're, if you're at home and you're not doing any of those things, um, that can also be something that's just kind of gone out the window. And so, you know, the hope is that people are okay at least getting outside a little bit, even if it's, you know, in your backyard or, you know, going for a walk around the neighborhood, the socially distancing, you know, if you see people out there. And so that's kind of the foundation. And then I like to just build off of that for people, you know, once the foundation is set, then we can move into things like journaling, which can be really helpful, especially processing grief. It can be really helpful to just get things out on paper. A lot of times it looks a little simpler when it's on paper. People can make the connections that way. Meditation is also really big right now with all the meditation apps out there. And this can be really helpful for anxiety and also for depression symptoms because what we're trying to do is get people in the here and now in this moment. Anxiety is a lot of the what ifs for the future. What if this happens? What if that happens? Depression is a lot of reliving things that have happened in the past. And so if we can get people here and now, that can be really helpful to just start shifting, um, you know, outside of some of these symptoms that may be showing up for them. So meditation apps are big. You can also do a quiet meditation, which is just set your timer on the phone for a couple minutes. Focus on your breath. When your mind wanders, you bring it back to your breath mm -hmm. and you just continuously do that. And a lot of what's helpful is actually doing this every day because it helps train your mind to let some of these harder thoughts, just, you know, come and go without the distress level going up around them. I like that you mentioned the meditation apps because a lot of people, they hear the word meditation and they're just like, I have no idea what that means really. You know, I can't, I'm, my mind's going to wander. I'm, you know, it's not for me. And, and I hear that from all ages, from my daughter who I try to get to meditate. Yeah. I mean, up to, you know, any age. But I think like you're saying, the apps for me, that's how when I started meditating, I needed to use the app because they talk, you just listen and they talk to you and then it gets you kind of in that in that moment, like you said, just in the here and now. Um, and then now, you know, that I know how to meditate, I can do it with my breathing. Like you said, there's so many apps out there. So just find one that works for you. And they're free also, most of them. So mm -hmm. um, it's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I say the same thing. I think the meditation apps are a great starting point. And then for a lot of people, we'll move into the quiet meditations that can be a little bit harder um, starting out. But once mm -hmm. you kind of change your mind to do some of this using the meditation apps, then, you know, can be helpful to, to switch to this other route. And I, I use them for a couple of reasons with clients. One is they can be really helpful if you're having trouble sleeping or getting back to sleep. If you have some insomnia and you wake up in the middle of the night as we try to get some transitions in there. So one is having a transition into falling asleep at night, which can be, you know, a five or 10 minute meditation that you listen to. And then if you're awake in the middle of the night, you can do a shortened version of that, which is, you know, maybe just a couple of minutes, but getting you back in that mindset of going back to sleep. And, and then the other way is really 
people can use these throughout the day just when they're noticing, you know, they're stuck in their minds, they're not grounded, they're, you know, not being mindful of their surroundings, that this can be a way to really help get you grounded. And so some people do that first thing in the morning to start their day. Some people do it throughout their day. And I really like hooking it to something you're already doing. So like, you want to do in the middle of the day maybe you have lunch and then you do your meditation after lunch and that's how your day flows or if you do it first thing in the morning you brush your teeth and then you do it or last thing at night you brush your teeth for you know the day and then you go into your meditation so you know again just trying to get people into the routine of doing it can be hard but as Mm -hmm. we know once you get in the routine and you've been doing it for a while, it, it just becomes second nature and it's just part of, part of what you do in, in your daily life. Mm-hmm. So you start out when you're talking to someone who's having some anxiety and depression, just making sure all those basic needs are met, that they are you know, eating right, they're drinking water, they're getting some movement. Then you move to the next level, which is um, some meditations and just different self-care. Correct. And if none of these are working for someone, they're just like full on just depressed, or they're just so anxious, what do you recommend for those people? So assuming they're already in therapy with me, Mm -hmm. um, I do have some people that I refer out to have medivals through their doctor, because sometimes medication is warranted. I mean, we're talking about continuums, right? And we all fall on this line somewhere. If you're talking about anxiety, there is more sort of minimal anxiety symptoms that show up that people can manage. A lot of those people are, you know, aren't even coming for therapy. It's just, oh, I have heightened anxiety, but I can manage it. Up to, I have such heightened anxiety that I'm actually not functioning. You know, not functioning well. I'm not able to do the things I normally do well, working, taking care of my kids. Um, you, know, you can fill in the blank with that. Um, and so for them, sometimes we do need something added, you know, and so we'll, we'll get a screening done through their doctor to see if maybe medications warranted. Um, I would say like with depression, you know, sometimes people – again, aren't functioning well, they're spending a lot of time sleeping, a lot of time in bed. Um, and so just to get them up and doing their their normal activities, sometimes it takes a little bit more than the basic self-care and talk therapy to get them feeling mm-hmm. better. Okay. And for seniors, a real problem has been isolation, especially for seniors who are in not just some in their home, but some also that are in these senior living communities, which, you know, they'll get an outbreak of COVID and then everyone's locked down and you're having to stay in your apartment. You're not seeing anyone because, you know, a big thing, a big reason for going to senior living is that socialization piece. And unfortunately, because of COVID, that's being taken away at times where they meals and everything is being brought to them in their apartment. So what are some ways to help them with the isolation and loneliness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is hard across the board for people. And, you know, I would definitely start with trying to stay connected virtually. So, you know, e- either trying to get Zoom calls set up or even just, you know, texting family or sending emails with pictures or seeing 
pictures, I think that can be a, a really big way to do that. I would say also trying to, to keep that sort of connection with the people that are in the facility with them. So, you know, even if it's just picking up the phone and calling, right, versus going down the hall, you can check in on your friends. And again, I think there's collective grief around not being able to do the normal things that you were expecting to do. So I, I would say that one's a big one. You said collective grief. And I think that that really kind of struck a chord with me. But that's a really good way of saying what that is. So it's collective grief of all your neighbors in your, you know, retirement community, you're all facing the same thing. So like you said, reach out to each other, maybe, you know, just you can talk on the phone, at least, but you can all kind of talk about how you're feeling. That's a really excellent point. Yeah, and I think it helps normalize that you're not in this alone. Everybody around you is feeling the same way, right? And I know people present it kind of differently, right? Some people can seem like everything's fine. So that's why it's so important to check in and, and to really explain how you're feeling so that you can have some of those deeper connections with people, you know, to kind of open up those channels. And then I would say the other thing that's really interesting is kind of, you know, the people that are more extroverted, that need people and need the socialization. This has been much harder, I think, across the board than people that tend to be more introverted and, you know, get their energy from being alone versus being in groups of people. And so I think that's the other thing too, right, is if you tend to be really extroverted and you tend to spend a lot of time with other people, then this is possibly going to be harder for you. And therefore, it's going to be more important to continue to reach out to the people that are around you. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. And I think it's been kind of interesting to, like, I always would have considered myself an extrovert, but I have to say, I think I might be a little bit of an introvert through this experience. Um, It hasn't bothered me as much to stay home, which is, which is interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I mean, so I'm, I'm definitely an introvert. So I would say, Mm -hmm. you know, within our family and my, my daughter's pretty introverted too. So we're, we're doing pretty okay. Um, yeah. My husband and, and son, they're very extroverted, so they're getting a little more restless. So it, it's also kind of coming from that place of understanding what other people in your lives are going through, right? Because you can be introverted, but also trying to connect with the people that are extroverted that, okay, this, this actually is really hard for them mm-hmm. and they're having a different experience with it than I am. Well, that's a good point, too, because if you're a daughter who is um, an introvert and your mom is an extrovert and you're not understanding, you know, what's going on with because you're just like, hey, it's fine. It's no big deal. But it is a big deal to her because she's extroverted. And, you know, that's where she gets her energy from being around other people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we need to be aware of how others are, are dealing with this. So I think these are all like really great tips and advice um, to help us get through this, which hopefully this year <laughs> will be much better than last year, right? <laughs> We're putting a lot of pressure on 2021. We sure are. <laughs> so Heidi, I always like to ask people, is there an, someone, a senior in your life um, who's been an inspiration to you? Yeah, my... 
grandmother Ruth, she actually, she passed away a number of years ago, but I still think about her. She was just this feisty woman. And I remember we, we used to go visit when we were kids and like my mouth would drop because they were, you know, using profanity and (laughs) drinking and playing cards. And it was just fun to be with Uh them. And and it was just like, it it felt very spring. Like she just didn't care what anybody thought of her and her life. Like she was going to live her life how she was going to live her life. And so I think that piece just, with me, right? That Mm -hmm. it's so important for all of us to check in with ourselves on what our truth is and what works for us during the pandemic, even without the pandemic, right? Is what is my truth in here? And how do I I want it to live my life? And I would say I learned that very early on from her. It's just, you know, live your best life and, you know, enjoy every minute of it. I love that. And does it be yourself? Who cares what people think? And, you know, sometimes if you're 85 years old, you know, maybe the expectation is you're just this little, sweet, quiet, little lady. But you know what? I know a lot of ladies who are not like that, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> I don't plan on being like that when I'm 85 either. So. <laughs> Just be you, right? Exactly. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and, you know, sharing your expertise. I think it's going to be very helpful for so many of us, no matter our age, who are struggling with this pandemic. And it's, you know, it's it's a pandemic. It's not a normal thing. So um, I love a lot of the things you said, especially about labeling grief, because I think that's something we've all sort of struggled with, that feeling. That is the feeling. It's grief in a lot of cases. It sure is. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I, I really appreciate being here with you. Of course. Good to see you also. <laughs> it's been a long time. Thank We're on you. Zoom, so I can see her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great to see you. Great. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you have questions or want additional resources, as always, go to my website, which is lauriewilliams-seniorservices.com. And if you have ideas for the show, something you want us to cover, send me a message. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.